Welcome to another spectacular word from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Today we're going to be opening up the Word and we're going to be studying and taking a look at the great mystery, okay? The great mystery, whoa. Now this is going to be a little bit uh, stretching for you. Uh, At least those of you who know the Bible and you've studied the Bible, you're going to wonder if what I'm telling you uh, has been vetted. But by the time we get to the end of this, you're going to go, wow, it was right there in the Word of God all the time. That's amazing, okay? And we're going to learn today in this great mystery, as we uncover this great mystery, we're going to learn God's purpose and God's intent. We're going today to realize the plan of God from beginning to end. He has a plan, and He has a reason for this plan. Let's begin in Genesis chapter 2 this morning. Genesis chapter 2, I'm reading from the New King James Version. In Genesis chapter 2, this may be a very familiar passage to many of you. Uh, But if not, you'll catch on really, really quickly. Okay, Genesis 2, this is after, you know, uh, uh, God had created, you know, the, the, the creation and created man, we see in Genesis 2, verse 18, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every bird of the air, and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam and he slept and God took one of Adam's ribs and closed up the flesh in its place then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man he made into a woman And he brought her to the man, and Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. They were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Well, very familiar passage to so many. 
It's interesting to me that, that perhaps, you know, more than, you know, 15 times during the creation period, God said he did something and it was good. It was good. It was good. It was good. Over and over and over, it was good. And we get to the second chapter in verse 18, and God sees something that is not good. God sees something that he did that he wanted to alter in some way. He said, it is not good that man should be alone. How prophetic is that? I mean, look at us here today. Here we are gathered here, both on campus and online, gathered together partly because of this innate desire, this drive that we have that is a part of our God nature. This desire we have to be socially connected with people that are like us. Everything we read in the Word of God is just that, the Word of God. 66 books, 1,189 chapters, 31,102 verses, penned by 40 authors from three continents in three languages, over a period taking more than 1,500 years to complete. But in all of that, so detailed, so minutely correct and prophetic, telling the end from the beginning, detailed accounts, sharing one story about one subject, about one person. The subject is redemption and the person is Jesus Christ. And God reveals the end and reveals eternity before the foundation of the world. What an amazing plan. You see, the Bible records God's eternal plan in greatest detail. Amazing to me that he describes events before they happen. You see, the world is a stage that is set by God. And God is the one who has written the script, who has written the play. He wrote it to tell the story that he wanted us to know about his efforts to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and a hurting world. Why? So that they could be born again. So that they could be recreated in His image. The role that we play has you know, been given to us. You can play the role on this world stage however you desire you can be the villain or you can be the hero it's up to you you can decide you know whether you're going to you know just just go through life without being an important character in God's play or you can end up having a lot of lines or no lines at all it's your choice but yet God has caused each scene of this world play of this ageless drama that we call life. 
God has caused every scene and each person to fit together in a very well-orchestrated plan to produce His outcome. There is nothing more precise than the predetermined will of God. You see, God's word is going to come to pass. Not one word will fall to the ground fruitless. If he said it, he will do it. If he's spoken it, he will make it good. God knows exactly what's going to happen in each generation and in the end. I would like for us to look at this familiar passage that I just read about God realizing that it was not good that Adam was alone. And in God seeing that, the extremes that God went to to give Adam someone like him. I want you to look at this passage in a new way this morning. I, I believe we can gain some added insight, and I believe we can grow our faith this morning. I believe if we will allow ourselves to view this passage from a little different facet than we are used to seeing it, it will help us to understand how great our God is and how committed He is to His family. It is evident that God created man with a social need. You and I both know that. We hunger for interaction with other people. We do. Uh, you know, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's our need for social security. You have a need for social security. I have a need for social security. You know, I'm old enough to get that paycheck, by the way. But, uh, but <laughs> I'm not talking about that social security. I need social security. I need to know that other people like me, around me, accept me, support me, you know, understand me. That someone has walked where I've walked. Someone, you know, knows the words I'm saying. Someone has had life experience. I want someone to share my life with. That's our hope and our desire. That gives us security. It helps us to not be lonely and alone. And God realized it is not good for Adam to be lonely or alone. Social security, by the way, does not come. The social security that I'm talking about does not come from the relationship you have with your father. Although it's a good relationship, and although he may be loving, and although he may be kind, and although he may be wonderful, you can't get that social security from the father. God realized that his relationship with Adam would not take the place of someone else's relationship with Adam because God's relationship with man was never intended to take the place of man's relationship with man. The social security I'm talking about does not come from a good relationship with a good loving father, nor does it come from a relationship with pets. Why would I say that? Because a lot of people substitute pets for friends. Adam, right there, I mean, it's right there in the second chapter. Adam gathered all the animals to him, okay? 
And he knew them on first name basis. And do you know what? He could lay down with the lion and the lamb and never have any fear, never have any worry, never have any pain, never have no, never a concern, but yet he was empty on the inside. There was something he needed. He was full, but he was empty. He had a relationship where he walked with his father in the coolness. He lived in paradise. He had no pain. He had no worry. Food was abundant. Water was clean. The air was fresh. And he had lots and lots of interaction with all of, of the animals that loved him. And he knew them by name. And, and all of this was going on. Uh, but yet, there was not another person like him. And that's what he longed for. That's what God saw. It's not good that he's the only one like him. Social security comes from another person just like you. Known, accepted, the common experiences, the shared life. Genesis 2.18, God said in the second part of that verse... Uh, Here's the remedy. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Here's the remedy. I'm going to make him a helper, someone to encourage, someone to stand with, someone to walk with, someone to talk with, someone to be with, someone who shares life experiences, someone who can, you know, like him, who understands him, who thinks like he thinks, and who, who faces what he faces, who, who you know, uh, uh, does what he does, who has the same goals, the same needs, the same toils. Someone to sit with him, uh, someone to walk with him, uh, someone to work with him, someone to play with him, someone to share life with him, someone to support him, encourage him, be productive with him. I need to make somebody just like him to help support, secure, a helper comparable to him. Wow. Are you with me now? Okay? You see the picture. It would be enough if that was all that God intended just the creation of Eve I mean boom that would have been enough and we've been on our merry way and here we are boom. but do you know there's a lot behind the scenes that we may not have understood uh, God having spoken of the loneliness of Adam and his need for companionship to share life with is the overlying visual that we have of a greater underlying truth. And this morning, I want to share this underlying truth. What truth? God's heart and God's plan for Jesus. Jesus. We would be mistaken to imagine that the Bible and the unfolding plan for mankind was absent of God's motivation to be the best father he could to his son Jesus not just to his son Adam look beyond Adam for just a moment and before we look further into these verses from this passage let me ask you to consider Jesus in each of the truths that I share this morning and when I conclude, I will bring it all back together and make it understandable uh, so that we can make application of it in our lives this week. But, but, uh, but in the beginning, remember, Adam lived in paradise. Adam lived in a wonderful place, and he, you know, God supplied his every need. 
Uh, every desire that he could possibly imagine was right there. I mean, he walked with God, his father. He was in paradise, you know. He was, had, had dominion over all the works of God's hands. You know, the birds and the mammals, the reptiles, even the fish loved him, no doubt, because God gave him dominion over all the works of his hands. It never rained. The climate was perfect. You know, but Adam was lonely. He had a father. He had an abundance of friends at a different level. He was rich. He had a good life with no needs, but no one to share it with. Let me pause for a moment and ask you if you can see Jesus in Adam. Let me ask you, can you see Christ in Adam? 1 Corinthians, in the 15th chapter, verse 45, the Apostle Paul calls Jesus the last Adam. He saw Adam in Christ and Christ in Adam. 1 Timothy 2.13 says that Adam was formed first, then Eve, you know. Colossians says that all things were made by Jesus and all things were made for Jesus. So everything that we see, everything that was made, was made for him. We can clearly see the unfolding of God's plan in the very beginning to bring about not only the creation of mankind, but to also create a help meet a help mate for Jesus Ooh, this is I mean this is what we're doing here today this is who we are this is the plan of God seen in Adam and Eve understood God wants Jesus to have someone comparable to him. Someone with whom he can share life with, share his wealth with. Someone, uh, you know, uh, 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 the church, his bride. <laughs> the same thing that, that, that God did for Adam, God did for Jesus. In that God went to extremes. And no doubt now, I'm going to tell you, it is not a far stretch for me to imagine that, that even though Jesus had his Father God, and even though Jesus had servants and surrounded by angels and all of creation under his dominion, yet he must have been lonely because there was no one like him with which he could share his life, comparable to him, to walk with him and talk with him and to be productive with him. And God envisioned it was not good that Jesus should be alone I will make a help meet comparable to him and here we see us being fashioned as a bride for Christ it is the adventure of planet earth that God embarked on was to create a bride for his son comparable to him so that Jesus could have that in his life 
some interaction, someone to walk with, talk with, be productive with, interact with, someone who knows how he feels and he knows how we feel. I find it intriguing that when Eve ate of the forbidden fruit and fell into the sin, into the sin, <laughs> like there's only one sin, into the sin. <laughs> when, when Eve, ate, listen to me, when Eve ate of this forbidden fruit and fell into sin, do you know what Adam did? The Bible clearly tells us that Eve was deceived, but Adam was not deceived. Adam knowingly and willingly ate the fruit. Why? Because Adam had decided that he had rather separate himself from God than separate himself from his bride. Wow. And yet we see the same thing in Christ. That when Christ, who knew no sin hung upon the cross he willingly and purposefully chose to separate himself from God in order to protect and secure and to be with his bride what an amazing amazing thing he did Jesus he, he found a way to accomplish something that Adam could not save his bride but Adam could stand with her Jesus provided a perfect sacrifice purposely took him his, his stand beside his bride he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. How much love must he have for us? How lonely must he have been in one area of his life? Even though having a loving father and even though having all of creation and even though living in paradise, yet willing to leave paradise, that he might know the pain and the suffering and the temptations of his bride to walk with us, to talk with us, Jesus found a way who, who knew no sin. Jesus made us flesh of his flesh and bone of his bones. That's what Adam said. This is now flesh of my flesh and bone of my bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his mother and father, be joined to his wife, and the two shall be one flesh. Hmm, interesting. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. A new creation. Wow, the Bible tells us elsewhere you are created in the image of Christ. You are, you, are, you are created in His image. You are made into the image. Wow. 
Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new, and all things are of God. Verse 21, For he hath made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Look at Ephesians 5. This, this, this should seal the deal for us, okay? Ephesians 5, verse number 25. Husbands, love your wives. Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present the church, his bride, to himself as a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Listen to verse 30. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. That's what Adam said. This is now flesh of my flesh and bone of my bones. Look, verse 31. For this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall be joined to his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. All of that, flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone, two becoming one, was all about Christ and the church. This is the way you should love your wife. It's all about Christ and the church. This is how you separate yourself from your father's house. It's all about Christ and the church. This creation of Eve was all about Christ and the church, fulfilling God's hope for his only son that he would have someone like him, comparable to him, to walk with him and talk with him and to share in his inheritance, in his wealth, and to live forever in a paradise God is creating in a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness and we shall enjoy bringing a family to God, our father, our father-in-law, our father as we are not only betrothed, but married to Christ. You are the Eve of Christ. He was lonely before you. He was lonely for you. Sometimes he may still be lonely for you. There was no one like him. There was no one comparable to him. Well, there is now. We shall rule and reign with him. We are made like unto him. We have been recreated like him. A new creation in Christ. We are fashioned by God's own hand to be a helper comparable to Him. You are the bride of Christ. If you have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, you are the bride of Christ. And He loves you so much that He was willing to separate Himself from paradise, from heaven, from God 
to secure your salvation, to secure a relationship, an eternal covenant relationship with you. Wow. For this reason, Christ left his father's house, was joined to his bride. The mystery that we sometimes cannot understand is that everything is all about Jesus. From Genesis to Revelation, it's all about Jesus and the plan of God. What is the plan of God? It only tells one story, you know. 1,189 chapters, 31,102 verses, 66 books by 40 authors, three languages from three continents, written over a period of 1,500 years, all about Jesus. And Jesus, it was the plan of the Father to give Jesus a bride. You are the ultimate plan of God. And for those of you that are joining us today through Church Online, there is an invitation sent out to you by the Father to come and marry His Son. Just like Abraham sent a servant to go and get a bride for Isaac. What a beautiful picture. God has sent me to go and get a bride for Christ. Will you marry the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Will you accept the proposal to become the bride of the King of Glory? All you have to do is say yes. God is fashioning us. Well, what do I take away from the message today? Well, number one, we have been recreated in the image of God's dear Son. That's one of the things that excites me. I know I've read 1 Corinthians, excuse me, 2 Corinthians, you know, the fifth chapter and verse 17 so many times. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away and all, you know, I've read that so many times. But let me tell you the truth of it, okay? Right down in here, I can't see it, but I know it's real. I don't know how he did it, but he did it. I have been recreated, a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away, and all things have become new, and all things are of God who hath reconciled me to Christ, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, and he has committed to me the ministry and the word of reconciliation. I am so happy that I have been changed. I don't have to be afraid, and I don't have to be lonely anymore. There's someone like me that understands me, that wants to live with me forever. Wow. Okay, number two. We have a great future. Okay, I mean, come on now. Come on now. Think about it. <laughs> Woo! My goodness, I got a future that's out of this world. I'm engaged to a king, not just any king, but the king of the universe. 
who is the son of the creator of the universe. Woo! I mean, it's right. I mean, today, today, if you found out that you won the $900 million lottery, I bet there'd be a smile on your face. I bet you'd think, you know, happy days are here again. Right? Sure, you would. Yeah, so would I. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'd be. <laughs> you know, I can, I can imagine that there would not be a problem that would be so big that I would even care. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guess what? I'm engaged to the King of Kings, to the Lord of Lords. He owns everything. My future? Whoa. Glory to God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A little bit long before, a little bit longer for the marriage. <laughs> oh, but ain't nothing going to get me down between here and there. It's a short walk any way you look at it. All right. <laughs> Number three, Jesus longs for a covenant relationship with you. He longs for it, just like Adam longed for companionship in the garden. He longs for a relationship with you. He's pursuing you. He wants you. He needs you. And he'll be good to you. Won't you say yes to Jesus today? Say yes to that relationship. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. He'll share his dreams with you and he'll listen to your dreams. He'll walk with you and talk with you. Okay, men. I'm just talking to the men right now, okay? If you have ever imagined your mom or your wife or any woman, if you ever imagined they had it easy, this is your chance. What kind of wife are you going to be? Hold on now. Men, look at me. This is your chance to show us what kind of wife are you going to be to Jesus. Come on. I would not dare say one more word to my wife about something she needed to do if I wasn't doing it for him. Yeah, you're about to be a bride. <laughs> okay, this is my chance. To show how a good wife acts. Oh, ladies, y'all ought to be just amen in that just a little bit more. I know the nervous laugh is because you got to go home with that fellow I just talked to like that. You're not sure what he's going to say about it. All right. Hey, life is not easy, but it's worth doing right. Okay. So. If you have not said yes to Jesus, the invitation to become his bride, I encourage you to say yes today. Okay, just say yes. God will save your soul. He'll forgive your sins. and you, uh, Jesus will become your Lord, your friend, and he will become your eternal security. Eternal security. Hey, thanks again for joining us for another powerful message from Pastor Ron Hemmons. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community 
and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.